Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in the hills of Himachal Pradesh, in the Shimla village folktales of Alice Elizabeth Drakat. Today we will learn about the amazing faithful dog named Kalu. Even after all it goes through, Kalu remains a loyal and loving friend until the end. And in the second story, a queen pretends to have a baby, but really just has a pet squirrel. I think some of my friends can relate. But when a prince is then married to the squirrel, he must hide her away or he will be the laughingstock of the whole palace. Oh, what can he do? Okay, let's begin. Kalu, a faithful dog. A certain bunia, or merchant, married a woman of his own caste, and set out to a distant city. On the way he fell ill with a headache, so she sat by the wayside and pressed his head. While doing so, a man passed by, and asked for a little fire to light his chilum for a smoke. But she replied, I cannot leave my husband, for I am holding his head while he sleeps. Put some clothes under his head and he will sleep, advised the stranger. This she did, but while giving the fire to the man, he seized her, and placing her upon his horse, rode away. When the bunio awoke, it was to find himself all alone, except for his faithful dog, Kalu. Master, said Kalu, let us become fakirs, and beg from door to door. So they set out to beg, and one day they came to the house of the robber who had stolen the bunia's wife, and she, not recognizing her husband or his dog, gave them money and food. But the dog knew her, and that evening he spoke to his master and asked him if he had too seen his wife. The bunia had not, and guided by Kalu, he set out to find her. When they arrived at the robber's house and made themselves known, the woman was greatly vexed, for the robber was rich and gave her a very comfortable home. But she pretended to be friendly and invited her husband to dine there that night telling him that afterwards, when she had the chance, he could kill the robber. When the bunia had gone, she and the robber arranged a trap for him. It was a hole in the floor, very large and deep, with spikes fixed on the side of it, so that anybody who fell in might die. Over the hole they set a large brass thali, or plate, so that when the bunia leaned heavily upon it to eat his food, both it and he would fall into the hole. All had happened as they anticipated, and when the poor Bunia found himself in a deep hole full of spikes, he thought his last hour had come. But faithful Kalu came to his rescue, and taking out the spikes with his teeth soon set his master free. The Bunia then lost no time in seeking the robber, and found him lying fast asleep, so he killed him and cut off his head then taking his wife with him, left the place. Kalu followed closely and licked up each drop of blood which fell from the robber's head, lest it might leave a trace of the dead and get his master into trouble. He was a wise dog and he knew the woman was wicked, so she hated him and made up her mind that she would neither eat nor drink until he was dead. The bunia inquired why she would not touch any food and she told him she would only do so if he killed Kalu. This the man refused to do, but after a while he consented, 
poor Kalu. When he knew his last hour had come, he besought his master to bury him carefully, and to see that his head, which the Bunia meant to cut off, was buried with him, for a time was yet to come when he would again save his master's life. After Kalu was dead and buried, the wicked woman was happy and ate and drank as before. But after a few days, she went and gave notice at the court that the Bunia was a cruel robber who had killed her husband and stolen her away. The police seized him, and he was taken up for murder. But just as the judge was about to pronounce the sentence of death upon him, he remembered faithful Kalu, and at that same moment the dog appeared. All were surprised when he stood before the judge and asked leave to speak. He then told the whole tale of the robber and the wicked woman, and thus for a second time saved his master's life. But having said his say, poor Kalu disappeared and was never seen again. The End Okay, part two, the story of Gosh. I had to re-record this part because I completely messed up the name. I said Goze when it should be Gosh. Okay, let's begin. The story of Gosh. There once was a Rani who had no children, so she made a great pet of a young squirrel and fed it day after day. One day it entered her head to deceive the Raja, so she told him that, before the end of the year, an heir would be born in the palace. On the appointed day she sent her own nurse, whom she had bribed, to tell the Raja that the child was born and was a daughter. The old Brahmin of the palace hastened to see the young princess, who was, in reality, no child but the tame squirrel. So the Rani persuaded him to go and tell the Raja that he was now the father of the most lovely daughter. But the stars pointed out that he must not look on her face for twelve years, for if she looked at him, he would die, and if he looked at her, she would die. The poor Raja had no choice but to agree, and thus the Rani kept up her deception for twelve years, and hid her pet squirrel from everybody. At last, when the twelve years were over, she said one day to her husband, Do not look upon your daughter's face till she is married, lest evil come upon her, but go you, and make arrangements to marry her to a prince of a good family. So they sent the old Brahmin to seek for a husband for her, and he went from place to place until he came to a city where there was a Raja who had seven sons, all of whom were married but the youngest, whose name was Shazada. So the Brahmin chose him, and all was prepared for the marriage. There was a great feast held, and great rejoicing took place daily in the palace. When at last the dooli or litter came for the bride to be carried to her home, the Rani hid the squirrel inside it, and nobody guessed that there was, in reality, no bride. On reaching his home, the young bridegroom had the dooli placed at the door of his zanana, according to Indian custom, so that none might see his bride enter, and great indeed was his surprise when he looked inside 
to find nobody there but a squirrel. For very shame he held his peace and told nobody of it, but gave orders in the palace that he and his wife would live apart by themselves, and she would be in such strict purda that even the women of the household would not be allowed to visit her. This gave great offense to everybody, but they put it down to his jealousy owing to his wife's great beauty and obeyed. At last his other brother's wife rebelled and said, I refuse to do all the household work. Your wife must also take her share in it. Shazada was now very sad, for he felt the time had come for his secret to be discovered, and he would become the laughingstock of the whole palace. The squirrel, who was a great favorite of his, noticed his sadness and asked him the cause of it. Why are you sad, O oh prince? I am sad because I say you must do some of the household work. But how are you to do it, being only a squirrel? What is it they want me to do? To lipu, or plaster the floor. Well, tell them to do their own portion of the work and leave me to do mine at my leisure. This was done, and at night the squirrel went and dipped her tail into the lime wash and plaster, and soon had the room better done than the other Ranis. In the morning, all the household were surprised to see the clever way in which the Shazada's wife had done her work, and they said, No wonder you hide your wife, when she is so clever. The next day the task was to grind some corn, and again Shazada's heart was heavy, for how could a squirrel turn a heavy stone handmill and grind corn? But the squirrel said as before, Tell them to do their work and to leave mine alone. I will do it when I have finished my bath. When night came, she went into the room, and with her sharp little teeth, cutter, 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 soon reduced the corn to powder. Shazada was very pleased with her, and so were they all. Nothing more was said until the next day, when the allotted task was to make a native dish called gula gulas. This is done by mixing gur, or molasses, with flour and water, and frying it in ghee, or oil, like fritters. The poor little squirrel was indeed at her wit's end on how to perform this task, for how could such a small animal make such a difficult dish? She tried and she tried, but failed each time in her attempts, until it was nearly morning. Just then the god Mahadeo and his wife Parbati were taking a walk in the dawning light of day. Parbati saw the poor little squirrel's efforts and said to Mahadeo, I will not rest contently until you turn that small creature into a human being so that she can perform her task. At first Mahadeo refused, but after a time he took out a knife and making a cut on his finger took the blood from it and sprinkled it upon the squirrel, who forthwith turned into the most beautiful princess. Just then as she sat finishing her task, other members of the royal family awoke and came in. They were greatly amazed at her beauty, and led her by the hand to their own apartments. Meantime, Shazada, her husband, was stricken with grief, thinking his poor little squirrel had been burnt to death. He sought her everywhere, and when he could not find her, he began to cry, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, where are you? The women standing there scolded him for this and said, Why do you call your beautiful wife a young squirrel? She is not dead but has at last been found by us, and is with the other princesses in the palace. But Shazada, who knew nothing of what had happened, only wept the more, for he thought that they were making fun of him. 
So he went to his own room, where he flung himself on the couch and continued to weep. At last he looked up and saw, standing beside him, a beautiful girl who said, Do not weep, O prince, for I am your squirrel. Then she told him all that had happened. This was indeed good news, and it was not long before the grateful princess wrote to her foster mother, who had been so good and kind to her when she was only a helpless little creature and invited her and her father, the Raja, to come on a visit. This was the first time the Raja had seen or kissed his daughter, and he was indeed pleased to find that she was so beautiful. So there were great rejoicings in the palace, and they all lived happily ever after. The End have to say we don't deserve dogs. Kalu did such a great job of protecting and saving the wife and the husband and just being great in general and what happens? He dies. Oh, both the husband and the wife. Get rid of them both. Kalu is the hero. The second story was sweet. Uh, we all have that friend who can't afford a kid and so they have a pet that they call their kid. couldn't be me because my home is too small for a pet. But it is a sweet story about a squirrel who gets changed into a princess and it made me smile. And the podcast shout out is to a favorite of mine, Bunny Trails. I shouted them out many months ago and I'll gladly shout them out again. Dan and Shauna are both sweet word nerds that look up the histories of phrases where they are used in pop culture and history. Some of them are pretty obvious while others are way obscure and come from the ocean or boxing or horse racing. Either way, their show is amazing, and I hope you will go listen, rate, and review. And the listener shout-out is to Fort Wayne, Indiana. A crossover of the Miami and Potawatomi tribal areas, Fort Wayne was named after the Revolutionary War General Mad Anthony Wayne on the site of the Miami capital, Kekionga. I've probably been through the city a few times as my mother is from Indiana, and it is a state that we have to drive through to get anywhere west or southwest of Michigan. Sadly for the Miami tribe of Indiana, they were taken off the federal register in 1897 and have not been restored as a tribe. Their language is closely related to Kickapoo and Cree and other Plains Algonquin languages. Sorry, I wasn't able to find an example of my sign-off. So I will simply say, thank you and good night.